1: Go check it out today, www.gprstabilizers.com or call 619 661 0101. Don't forget to tell them ATV Talk Sandy. We have a special uh, event here with ATV Talk tonight. Uh, I'm not going to ask Bo to be my guest. I'm going to ask Bo to help me commentate and break down Glen Helen. Uh, Bo, welcome to ATV Talk, and thanks for sitting down with me and going over Glen Helen.
0: Yeah, no problem, dude. I'm, you know, it's nice to be here.
1: Well, uh, you had a, a, a definitely a, a great front row seat of everything that was going on at Glen Helen. Um, it was nice for me to be back and, uh, get to hang out with some of you guys and, and get a feel for it and, uh, really, uh, say hi to my family. I mean, I missed you guys.
0: Yeah, it's been a while. It was good to see you out at the track. I mean, uh, yeah, definitely there was a void there for a while, but, um, seeing you back, you know, just makes, I mean, it just makes the, makes everything whole, you know, like we get bummed when we miss a rider or somebody's injured or anything. So no, it was cool to see you.
1: Well, I don't know if I'm going to make mesquite, but I'm definitely going to be there in prim. So nice. So we're going to, we're going to make that happen. But uh, we had a, a definitely a different Glen Helen than normal. I mean, it usually is bacon hot and it, it was warm, but it wasn't overly hot. Uh, but we had some special guests come out and join us. Um, I want you to get into that a little bit for us and talk about, uh, the introduction to finding out the East coast boys were coming and what was your initial assessment during practice?
0: Yeah, during practice, you know, I was just trying to give them, you know, any kind of help that I could, um, you know, I mean, never being here before and, 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 You know, them coming up up to me and asking questions, I was just like, Yeah, dude, like, no, all the all the other riders are pretty cool. Like everybody gets along and um, you know, basically like I usually don't ride MX practice, I just ride the unclassified and um and then do um pro practice when that comes along and and you know, Joel was like, Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna ride every practice I get, you know, and I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna do that. I'll get bored. I said, Yeah, that's fine. But um, no anyway yeah i I thought it was pretty cool having those guys come over here because you know it shines a light on um our series a little bit because we don't we don't really get the coverage that they do back east, and um I don't have as many followers as those guys, so I, I feel that it it helps our series a a ton to have them come over here and race with us.
1: Did you get an in- initial feel from any of them that maybe they were intimidated by? Uh, some of the obstacles or some of the the, the the way the course was laid out at all
0: yeah they were stressing a little bit like on the rocks and stuff but i'm like dude the, the you know it's pretty pinner like basically we had two motocross tracks and a lucas oil track and then we went across rocks and i was just like you just you know it's literally like 20 feet across. It's nothing, it's nothing sketchy. I said, it's not out of the norm to bend a rotor or something to where like you lose your rear brakes and you got to finish the race without rear brakes. I mean, that happens, you know, um, you know, I don't know, I'd say three, three to four races of the year. I I lose my rear brakes just by bending a rotor during the race. So, um, you know, I kind of clued them in on that and I don't know if they believe me for sure or not. But, you know, because I'm sure everybody's skeptical, especially the first time they meet somebody. But I mean, I know I would be. But, um yeah, I mean, I was just I was just giving honest opinions on everything that they asked. And I was just like, yeah, dude, it's really not that big a deal. You'll ride right across there. And and uh, they did.
1: Yeah, I saw some video of, of both of you guys going through there. You were definitely a little more aggressive than he was on the first go through on the second go through you guys both went through there at a higher rate of speed.
0: Yeah, correct. Like the first time you kind of want to tiptoe just to get everything lined up to try, try not to break a chain or bend a rotor or something like that. But yeah, I mean like the, the deal was so short, you could kind of just beeline it right across one section of it and not have to stress too much.
1: Let, Let me ask you this question. And this is off topic because it has to do with the week before the motorcycle guys complained that it was too hard
0: yeah they had a lot longer section than we did you know but uh, as far as uh, this this is just my opinion on it you know and i was there i was there racing obviously vet stuff i didn't get to go through it because i wasn't racing the pro class but um i was looking at it and um you know as long as you took your time and you weren't getting like too crazy with it i don't see that it, was that gnarly like I mean everybody has to go through it so your result would have you know would have been what it was going to be you know depending on how you got through it Uh, I mean I mean I don't know (laughs) it's an off-road section and it's an off-road race and it's an off-road deal so I, I don't I I don't understand why you know they red flagged the race after it had started um, I mean, I know that other guys were going through there faster than other guys could. And some people thought it was a joke, but I mean, l- literally like that, you know, works as off road. I it's, it's not, it's not a motocross track completely. So, um,
1: isn't it supposed uh, to be rough?
0: Yeah, it totally is totally is. So I don't know. I, I mean, that was just my opinion on the whole scene. I feel like they shouldn't have shouldn't have restarted the race, but I mean, it was up to them and, you know, I'm sure they get outside pressure from sponsors whose riders aren't doing so good because of the situations, you know, and the rocks that they were put in. But like, if, if they would take a, you know, step back, I, I feel that, you know, everybody would have made it through there at the end of the day.
1: Yeah. I, I, I kind of think it's just, uh, this is probably going to sound harsh, from an atv guy coming to the motorcycle guys well, why don't you shut up and ride you're in the pro class really it's an off road place go ride it it's not it's not doing anything to jeopardize in my opinion your health or well-being i mean there's some bigger jumps out there that to me would be more scary than riding to the rocks
0: yeah no i agree i agree to some point you know um I mean, I, I get it. It's tiring and stuff, but you know, I mean, at, at that point when you're at that level, it's your job also. So, um, you know, for a result in the dirt bike class, they obviously pay quite a bit more than the ATV class. So, um, just, just go do your job.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's that, that's kind of how I, Pictured it, but we got off topic a little bit, but that sheds a little bit of light on some of the things that we'll talk about later on in the episode. Um, So practice pretty went uneventful for everybody. There was nothing uh, out of the ordinary for them and they were, they were pretty good to go after they got to ride.
0: Yeah. So we were going out for uh, an unclassified and like, I get all excited because I have so much fun riding. Like when I get to go out and ride for fun, like I get all wound up, you know? So I come up to the line and I pulled in between Hetrick. What Oh, I'm, I'm drawing a blank on the other kid's name, but he's moved Eller? over here. Jacob. Yeah. El- yeah. It was, it was Eller. No, it wasn't Jacob. It was, I was in between uh Hetrick and Eller and I pulled up in between them and I'm like all excited. I'm like, yeah, let's go, you know? And, and, uh, they're kind of looking at me and, and Hetrick's like, dude, I'm following you. I said, right on. So then we took off and, and, um, you know i was going pretty good clipping clipping a trail and and uh he was behind me for a lap or so and then um he wasn't And he said that the reason was because his bike was um needed to be retuned and um and he thought that it was detonating and it was probably going to blow up which he was probably right but he had told me that he's like dude once we hit the dust he was like oh man that was kind of sketchy you know and um <laughs> And so I knew I was like thinking, I'm like, okay, well, if Sunday, if I could get a good start, dude, if I could get the whole shot, this would be key because when we get to the, when we get back in that Canyon back there and it's full of dust, he's not going to be able to see and He's going to check up and I might have a shot at keeping him behind me until he gets tired. But dude he, he pulled me off the line pretty good. And, uh, I mean, of course he did. He weighs probably 80 pounds, <laughs> but, uh, But no, I was, it was cool. I, I, you know, during the race, I was like, I was so focused on the start because of that too. I was sitting there and I was like, all right, I got to do everything just right. And I gated, like, I feel like I gated perfect and I came off so good and I look over and he's just going by me and I'm like, no, (laughs) no. uh but it was cool it was fun I reeled up on him a little bit in the corner but we get back to the dust there's not much you can do I can do my best to stay as close as I could and you know it was it was fun on the
1: on the dust sections uh you had a clear cut advantage because you've ridden in it so many times
0: yeah absolutely I mean we know Glen Helen in and out I mean no matter which way they run the course or what 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 side turns or whatever like we know kind of about where the, the territory goes, you know, I mean, we know most of the trails there, which ones they link up, who knows, but yeah, as far as that goes, like we have a pretty, pretty decent memory of, of where stuff is.
1: I know Randy and his team do a great job of putting these courses together. Do you think this is one of the times they could have made it a little rougher?
0: Yeah. But so what I hear is like, cause normally we'll either run like a gnarly downhill or a, um, or like ridgeline section or anything like I know since it's been so dry, it's hard to get water to those areas, you know, to try to, try to, try to. And I think, I think they have some stipulation going on at Bun Helen where like, if, you know, there's dust out a certain area or something like they might get in trouble. I, I, so I'm, I imagine they probably did the best they could with the course that, you know, the area that they were handed to do the course, you know?
1: Yeah. They're the society is moving in on them drastically pretty quickly.
0: Yeah. I mean, one thing that I would have liked to seen, I would have liked to seen some like logs and tires and old school enduro cross stuff that would have, that would have been cool. And I think that that stuff's floating around there somewhere. I mean, I'm, I've ridden it a bunch of times, a log pit at Glen Helen, all kinds of different stuff that Timmy used to throw in. So, um, we didn't get any of that, but I mean, whatever it is, what it is. I mean that all in all, it it turned out pretty decent.
1: Well, I was just thinking that, you know, it was, it was it, from what it looked to me, it was one of the smoother courses that you guys get to run during the year.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It was just fast. I mean, it was, it was, it was pretty fast. It was, you know, basically two motocross tracks linked up with a trophy truck track you know, and, and that, that was pretty much it.
1: Wow. So let's, let's break down the start a little. You you mentioned it earlier that you gated. Well, Um, the gate was pretty full. I don't remember the exact number off the top of my head, uh, but it was fuller than normal. Uh, You had Hetrick and yourself and Sloan, um, Huff, Damon, and, and many, many more. Uh, right. What, uh, what, other than knowing that you needed to get the whole shot? what were you thinking?
0: Um, just, just to be towards the front, you know, through the first corner, like, I mean, that's always a goal to be up, up towards the front, the less work you got to do getting around somebody before you're, you know, you get to that, that final person is, is important. And, um, so I just, I just did the best I could to make sure, you know, like, my gate was prepped perfect. You know, I, I spent some extra time, like, you know, um, farming the gate and making everything as good as I could get it to take off the best I could for sure.
1: Do you think the gate start helped him or hurt him? Uh, Joel?
0: Uh, probably helped him. I mean, I don't know. He's got a Yamaha. So electric start might've helped quite a bit to take off the line, but, um, but, uh, I mean, if you're not used to it, it it could throw a wrench into things. Um, I think the gate, they, the gate start probably helped. And I think that it probably helped him that he had a motocross motor too. I was, I was thinking about that because his bike was pretty damn fast. And I was like, I was wondering if it was going to pop, you know, I'd lose a few <laughs> bike links. So I'd lose a few bike links going up the uphill and stuff. And I know my motor runs hard for a works motor, but I get a half a year out of it, you know? So it's kind of a, it's kind of a different scene than an MX bike, but, um, um, you know, cause I've ridden some of the the fast stuff that we had when we, we went back East, you know, um, when Davey was riding nationals and, um, I mean, those, it's a significant difference between that motor and what I'm running at works, but,
1: um, You're also talking uh, about longevity of life or of yeah, reliability.
0: Yeah, exactly. Dude. I don't have, you know, one as my, as, 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 my own personal mechanic, like I don't have the time to pull motors out, you know, every round or every two rounds or whatever, like I've got, I've got cars to work. I got stuff to do. So <laughs> I'm going to run something that we can, we can get halfway through the year with for sure.
1: That, that always helps. That always yeah. Helps. Um, do you think that his strategy on the, on the start was to whole shot and, and get out front before the dust?
0: yeah no we had talked about it prior like or not prior i think afterwards but or no he he told me he was like man when i was in the dust behind you in practice he was like if that's how it's going to be during the race like i don't know you know and i'm just like well well i'm going to try my best to get in front of you and he was doing the same the other way you know he ended up beating me to the first corner so it was an advantage for him
1: right right uh
0: How, how
1: long do you think you could have kept him back there if you beat him?
0: I don't know. I mean, hopefully we could have got to the dust, but who knows, you know, I mean, I don't know how, how aggressive he was being when he was in front of me. Um, I, I, I'm not sure. I mean, I know he was riding well, we both, I got into the race a little bit with him. Like after we came up the uphill, he was a little bit ahead of me and he was just up there wide open. And, uh, he over, he jumped, he jumped way too far. And it was a right-hander and we were going back down the hill. And for some reason, you know, I should have known better. And I did the same thing right behind him. (laughs) And we both went on into the banners and then back down the hill. If I would have been, you know, if I wouldn't have been that focused on, on, on hanging with them at that point, then I probably would have checked up and gone down the inside and made a pass before the downhill. But it didn't happen. Like we were, we were in the heat of the moment, you know?
1: (laughs) That's pretty awesome. That's pretty awesome. When, uh, when you guys after the first lap and you could tell that he was running hard, uh, how much above your normal percent were you giving? Like if you normally ride at 80%, for the moto and always have that extra 20, were you, were you given more than than normal?
0: Maybe a little bit, but like, I'm, I'm so tuned in and I've been doing this for so long. Like I, I kind of run at a pace that I know I can keep going for a long, a a long period of time. Like, yeah, there's places where I could hold it on just a hair longer, but like, I know in a few laps, I'm not going to be able to do that. So I, and I, I don't, you know, I'm not programmed to just lay it all out there right now, you know, especially with the age that I'm at, but, um, I feel, I don't know. I don't know if I could have gone any faster or not. I mean, maybe not, but I, you know, I feel like I could have ran those laps like that. Like I was going probably, I don't know, for, for at least another, I don't know, 45 minutes or so, you know, after the race ended.
1: That's pretty good. That's pretty good. (laughs) Well, Um, I know from what I got to see those first three laps that he laid out were as fast as he could go he yeah, was he, pushing super hard you could just tell by the way he rode through the turns you know he was trying to gap you
0: dude he was moving and so my wife my wife's so so savvy savvy like when she watches she watches everything and so she started, she started timing stuff and she was just like, here, listen, like after the race, she was like, okay, well he pulled, you know, four seconds on you in the motocross track. And then when you guys went through the Lucas and the off-road, you'd pull back two. So he was only pulling X amount of seconds a lap. And, you know, like when she, when, when it's down on paper, like right now, if you look at his fastest lap and my fastest lap, we were within you know, three seconds. So I, for me to be able at as with as old as I am, to be able to run that pace, if, if he was actually going as fast as he could have like, I'm stoked to be that close really. I mean, we got a couple motocross tracks and, and, and a Lucas track, like for me to be able to go that fast, that's I'm, I'm, I'm pumped.
1: Well, did you guys talk about pit strategy or did you leave that, uh, leave that alone with him?
0: um i told him i was gonna get gas no matter what but i i did i mean i left it up to him you know but i was gonna get gas. i was gonna splash and go no matter what and it was a mandatory pit stop so um he sprinted his first lap i or first or second i don't even know which lap it was Third but lap
1: I would is like pitted.
0: yeah is, is that what he pitted Yep. So he sprinted so hard, he had enough gap to where he could get a, he could get a quick splash of gas and get it over with. And I, I did mine towards the end, but, um, yeah, I, I, I wanted to wait. I wanted to wait until like normal, you know,
1: Do you think that, well, the the gap was only 20 seconds at the end of the race. Your, your guys' distance between each other was closing um you you were reeling him in
0: Uh, yeah the last the last three laps i was but i mean at at that point it's too late you know it's like the jeremy warnier and uh, josh frederick and you know the same thing warnier would get out there and if you couldn't get a whole handle on him at the beginning then it was just too hard to reel back in even though he was dying he could hold it together long enough to get past that chat checkered you know so you know could have should have would have but I just kind of wish that they would have, would have had this race at a full 90 90 instead of a uh, um, an hour, you know?
1: Well, you think that you could have changed your pit strategy to affect the outcome of the race, maybe pit it on the same lap or, or pit it on the lap after.
0: I don't think it would have changed too much. You know, I mean, my, my pits are pretty quick um, for the most part. And, um, I don't know. I mean, it changes, changes the lap by like, yeah, I don't know, six to eight seconds, I guess.
1: Yeah, they, they were both pretty fast. I mean, he popped in back right on the course, right in front of you. And we all figured that the gap would open up again and it did slightly, but nothing like it did. He, he was definitely slower after the pit stops and I'm not taking anything away from Joel. He was out of his element. I know, but th- there was definitely um, a little bit of more of a, a hook there for you to grab onto because he was closer.
0: Yeah, that's for sure. You know, when you can see somebody you ride better too, you know, and like, towards the end, I had lost him for a little bit. And then all of a sudden I saw started seeing him again. And that just puts a little bit more spark, you know, like a little more hop in your step, you know, when you can see somebody that you're chasing. So at the end, at the end, it, it, you know, kind of got me fired up a little bit, but we just ran out of time, you know,
1: exactly. And you have no plans of going back there and racing, do you?
0: No, I'm not going to do any nationals. It costs too much to build one of those one of the engines and, and just to get there in, in, in general.
1: Right. Right. It's freaking high dollar. Did you talk to pit strategy with any of the other guys?
0: Um, I, tra- I think Travis asked me what I was going to do. Um, and I told Travis, Travis Damon, I says, I said, oh, I'll probably just get it like a, a quick gallon just to make sure, you know, I always, I always stressed on not having enough, enough gas, you know, when we were going through, um, uh, when we were in practice and unclassified, or not, no pro practice, um, I pulled in and I was asking around for a pin. Did I ask you for the pin? Yep, you got it from me. Yeah, I got a marker, <laughs> you know, and I marked on my tank where my gas was at, and I I burned another lap just to see exactly how much more gas I had, and and then I would know by looking at that mark how much farther I could go um, before that. But
1: you like when went I time,
0: huh? You didn't need fuel dude, I did. I did. Because I, I don't, I don't like the way that I came off the track. I feel like I would have ran out of gas.
1: <laughs> it was close. I don't know about that, well, but I'm just totally I, blew his pit. He did totally blew his pit. He came in and drove to the outside where we were at during the pro pack practice and, and had to turn around, drive back out onto the course, And then drive into the pit to get (laughs) gas. Yeah, totally, totally blew it. But he wasn't the only guy. So uh,
0: oh, you know what? I did the same thing. When we came down, it wasn't even marked that good. We came down the we came down that 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 tabletop deal right right next to the start finish. Or right next to the start. Yeah, you started
1: to pull in where I was, and I kept pointing and pointing and
0: pointing. Yeah. That was stressful. And I even looked at it before the race and I, I, yeah, that was kind of confusing. I'm sure most of the pros did the same thing.
1: Uh, there was a couple other guys. Yeah, it was pretty funny. You know, yeah. Damon Crest in the rocks. Booner uh, <laughs> had some issues, I think, in the rocks as well.
0: Dude, Logan flipped over the bars in the rocks and dislocated his shoulder again. That was horrible.
1: Yeah, that, that ended his year.
0: Dude.
1: You know, he was that kid was having a good year.
0: Yeah, I'm kind of bummed because... I don't know. I just don't feel like they were that gnarly.
1: Uh, Travis and Spooner, there's photos of it. They, they went in it together and uh, Travis said that they, you know, racing incident bumped and he got the worst of it. You know, he ended up in a hole and it took him out, uh, you know, got him on his side. Uh, He got, uh, it got going again pretty quick. You know, didn't affect him that bad. He did drop back a ways with the pit and the rocks. Um, so he had to he had to fight back the whole time. Um, Logan obviously dropped out because of the injury. Um, Jacob bike stalled in the pits. He was in third. He went from third to ninth.
0: Oh, that's frustrating, dude.
1: Yeah, I I don't know. <laughs> they normally don't stall when you gas them, and his did, and it wouldn't refire for whatever reason. Bummer. Yeah, they pushed him and he got going again. But man, and, and it you know, just zaps you for energy.
0: Oh, dude. When you're, I know. I mean, I don't know if it's, he's probably got a kickstart, but if it, you know, if it's a kicker, they, then yeah, you're, you're, dude, you're just sucking wind trying to kick, kickstart that thing.
1: He's a push button. So, oh. And I, and I never asked him why that wouldn't refire, but um, probably should have. But yeah, I didn't, I didn't go and ask him. Uh, that that I th- there were a couple little incidents like that in the pits, uh, and I never got to talk to Logan after the race, you know, to find out what he was like.
0: Yeah, I feel like Jacob. Like once you know he's coming from the East Coast, I feel like once he rides a few of these and starts getting the hang of them again. I know he used to ride them a long time ago, but once he get once he gets the hang of this again, I feel like he's going to be a pretty tough competitor for sure.
1: He came from sixth to to pass. Uh, all the way into third.
0: Yeah, that's, that's pretty good. That's pretty good.
1: And I mean the gap at that point behind you was not too terribly bad. Right. Right. Maybe they were 45 seconds off of you. Yeah. Uh, at that point. Right. So, I mean, the, so the, the little group, you know, they had that little group of third to seventh that were, Uh, like kind of almost a freight train for a while you know and and he came out of that group got in front and then had uh, he would have been able to to gas and go and get back out in third and then had that little issue that put spooner in third um sloan dropped all the way from third to sixth don't know what happened to him and then he benefited by other people's mistakes and then uh fixed whatever his problem was and, and got going again.
0: Yeah. I think somebody said he derailed the chain in the, in the rocks. So I'm not sure if that was that, but, but I heard he, he lost the chain.
1: You're the only two guys that went through the rock section. It sounds like clean.
0: That was crazy to me too. I did. I, like I said before, I didn't, I didn't, it didn't seem like it was that gnarly. It was like 20 feet long. I don't know.
1: Do you think that it had something to do with the speed you were carrying?
0: Maybe it may have been some, something to do with how we just, you know, like, like when I'm going into something like that, I, I take the time to set up for it and make sure my rock, my tires are going to hit the right rocks. And I'm not going to, you know, hit vital parts of my quad on the ground. Right. I mean, or on the rocks. And so I, sometimes like in that situation, maybe these younger kids are, are, are trying to pin it through there or you know, just going anywhere to go fast. But like, you know, when stuff gets technical, you got to take a step back and look at it and then go through it. Like you don't just blitz it because that's when you start tearing stuff apart. And maybe that's what sets me apart from a lot of the kids that are riding the series at this point. You know, I mean, you got to remember, I can be every single one of their dads,
1: (laughs) (laughs) not all of them, but most of them. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, for the most part, I could be.
1: <laughs> uh, that's that's pretty funny. Any any uh insight to any of the stuff that went on in the uh, rock section that that maybe uh, that maybe the spectators and and that missed that that you could give uh, give us an outline. Maybe you saw something in there that that we didn't.
0: All I know is like one one lap we came down. And, um, they, they flagged us around the rock section and I'm like thinking, well, what do you, what do you, what are you guys doing? But I thought it was at that, at that point when we went completely around the rock section, it was when Logan was stuck in there and I didn't know he had, you know, flipped over and his bike was in there and he was hurt. And so like, I was kind of like, I was like bummed, you know, because that's just one less time we can hit something technical, you know? like that that, that's kind of my stuff slow it down hit something gnarly you know do do something anything different than just haul ass so um um yeah i don't know as as far as spectating goes like it's it's from a racer's point of view being a spectator if you're watching like you don't ever know what's going on when you're watching a race you know like there could be a guy in in second place or third place. And you could be like, man, he's just getting smoked today. But at the end of the day, you have no idea if he had, if he doesn't have front brakes, if he doesn't have rear brakes, if his bike's not shifting or whatever. And it's like, you know, sometimes you hear people talking in the pits and you're like, yeah, dude, he just got smoked. Well, you have no clue. You know what I mean? Like, it was like, after we came back, and Joel, Joel had pulled off after this, after the second lap and he was following me and people were like, "Yeah, dude, you were pulling away from me." I said, you have no idea what was going on. Right. And obviously he pulled off because his bike was going to blow up and got it retuned and was started hauling ass again. Then the next time we went out. Right. But, but people just speculate and they have no idea what's going on. And, and, you know, as a spectator, they should take a step back and, 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 not just call it by watching what's going on you know there's always an underlying story for sure there's always things going on that people don't know you know maybe uncle bear pulled a hammy that day who knows (laughs) (laughs) oh dude
1: you're killing me you're killing me always good for the (laughs) one-liners oh man Well, let's get into, uh, we've talked about the pits. We've talked about the start. We've talked about the pro section. Um, let's get into, did, did the lappers cause some issues?
0: Um, they weren't too bad. They weren't, they weren't too bad for me. Um, you know, I, I I don't, I don't, I don't know what they were on Hetrick's side, but, um, for me, they, they really weren't too bad at all. Um, I mean, every once in a while you get in, you get into one and, and like when you're going up the canyon, there's not much you can do about it because it's one width wide. So you just got to follow them. And usually in that situation, like I try not to rev my bike or piss them off because then they'll end up going slower or try to stay ahead of you longer. (laughs) So (laughs) I, I just do my best to just, you know, leave them alone and then give them a thumbs up when I go by. So maybe Next time when I'm behind them, they try to get out of my way quicker. I mean, that's all you can do is try to be their friends.
1: <laughs> well, a lot of those guys, a lot of those kids look up to you too. And, and, uh, they're, they're just trying to race their race and they don't want to interfere.
0: Yeah, for sure. You know, I have this one story back in the day and, and I love Doug Eichner. I mean, he's, he, he was a hero of mine growing up and I remember my brother-in-law like, you know, he was getting lapped by Eichner and he had this horn strapped to his bike and he was blowing this horn, like blowing this horn behind my brother-in-law. And it was like, it was, it was single track. There was nothing he could do. And Doug kept blowing this horn. And Mike, he's like, you know, if he blew that thing one more time, I was going to park my bike in the middle of the track and shove that thing up his ass.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's too funny. Oh man, that's too funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh I didn't you like that ch- much either.
0: <laughs> yeah, you gotta <laughs> it check it from good. all angles. You know what I mean? You gotta check it from all angles.
1: It worked good. He he used that in Pendez too.
0: Oh, I bet it worked good there.
1: Yeah, scared the crap out of everybody and they dive out of the way.
0: Yeah, a lot of French people play the horn. <laughs>
1: Uh you're full of one-liners tonight, brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, d- did you get a chance to, to, to chat with any of the other guys, um, after the race besides Joel?
0: Well, um, let's see, who did I talk? I talked to Travis for a little bit. Cause we were pitted right next to each other. I talked to, um, the next morning I called Logan immediately just to see how he was doing and what his plan was. And, uh, I just wanted to check on him. Um, I talked to Spooner after the race. Uh, uh, yeah, that, I mean, that was pretty much it as far as, as far as that goes, you know, besides the guys that, you know, at the podium. Um, but, um, yeah, I was just making sure like for the most part that Joel had a good time because, you know, like, you know, he has, he has so many followers and so many people following him that it shines some light on the series. And, and I just wanted to make sure he had a good time to, um, you know, to hopefully get some more people out to, to race with us. I mean, you know, our series is, is growing right now and it's doing pretty good. And, you know, anything that we can get any, any more people we can get or more interest in it is is for the better. I mean, it's better for the whole ATV, ATV interest industry as a whole. So um, I just wanted, you know, I wanted to do my best to make sure he had a good time for sure.
1: Well, that's awesome. And I think he did. I mean, I, unfortunately, I didn't get the chance to go and speak with him after the race. Uh, I've got to message back and forth with him a little since. Um, but he was in Disneyland, and that's not when you want to bother somebody when they're with their kids and their yeah. wives. You know? Yeah. And maybe you thought Glen Helen was partially Disneyland as well.
0: You never know. I hope so. I hope he had a good time.
1: I, I think he did. I think he's like you. I think he just loves to ride.
0: Yeah. For sure. No, we're, I mean, I mean, from what I, what I talked to them, we're pretty much the same as far as just like, you know, we're having a good time and, 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 you know, obviously we want to win, but um, it's fun, you know, it, it's way fun. And it's what we like to do. Like, you know, when I go out for, uh, uh, like I said before, you know, uh, practice practice or unclassified or anything like that, like, dude, I'm just out there riding for fun. I'm having such a good time. You know, I, I enjoy that stuff, especially like the first lap when the whole track's new and I haven't seen it yet. And and I want to, I don't know. I just, I just, I enjoy it. I enjoy learning.
1: That's awesome. Have you heard that there's potential some guys coming from back East uh, to prim?
0: Yeah. Uh, Corey Ellis was talking to me, he said he had like three or four, four guys, three or four guys lined up for um, prim. And, um, you know, unfortunately I haven't been able to ride since the last race. Cause I've been doing the world UTV stuff. I mean, I've been busy with my side-by-sides, but hopefully, and I'm racing dirt bikes this weekend. So I got to get my cars ready again this week and maybe next week I can ride a day or two. But, uh, but, uh, I think it'll be fun if, if some of the GNCC guys come out, like he was saying, I, it'll be a, it'll be a really good weekend.
1: Well, we didn't touch on this too much in the interview on Saturday night. We did the press conference, uh, the very first one I've ever seen in a works race. Um, I don't know if they've done them in too many of the the other series, but uh, that went off without a hitch. I mean, I think you guys did great. Uh, It was awesome sitting down and, and getting to ask all of you questions and then interacting with the East Coast boys as well at the same time.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. It was, it was super fun going in there. Like, you know, I'm, I'm normal. I'm normal Bo Barron status, right? I come in and I've got a beer in my hand and, and Hetrick's whispering over there to um, Kenny. He's like, he's like, I cannot believe this is a guy that I got to worry about for this weekend, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I, I'm i just being me, you know, like if I'm not having a good time, then it's, it's not worth doing. Right. So. I, I just, uh, you know, I'm I, on my everyday regular, and and you know, I'm here for a good time. So, well,
1: no. uh, sorry I yeah. couldn't to leave. Sorry I couldn't let you put it on on the table in front of you. Oh yeah, it's all good. You, you know, just a little sidebar, and then we'll get back into the questions. When Eichner raced all the time, we would go to dinner after the first motos on Saturday. Uh huh. And the guy would eat ribs, drink Pepsi, and and have a kamikaze. <laughs> yeah. And everybody else is having, you know, pasta, drinking water, and and doing all the different stuff. And everybody just used to shake their head. I mean, even even at the end of his works career, he didn't have a, a great dietary plan.
0: Yeah. Um. Yeah. You know, um, I had been out to dinner with Kurt Casselli many times and every, every evening, even the evenings before a race, he would, he would have a couple of beers and, you know, he's like, you don't want to vary too much from your normal program. So I kind of just kept that in my head.
1: Yeah. I mean, and that guy was phenomenally fast.
0: Unbelievable. Him, Nathan Woods, I just, you know, did a ride for Nathan Woods on Saturday as Memorial ride. and, and yeah, I mean, uh, you know, those guys were legends and, and, you know, they both have off-road, you know, world off-road championships. And, and uh, you know, I've always, uh, always been friends with them and looked up to those guys. So that's, it's cool stuff.
1: Yeah. That's unbelievable. I, I never was a drinker, so it wasn't, uh, it just never set with me, but Eating whatever I wanted was—you could always tell by the size of my (laughs) the size of my Dunlop. I I eat whatever I want, you know. But these guys—they come in and they train and they—they're watching their food and they're doing all these high-tech things, checking their blood. You know, you are probably one of the last of the old guard that that just manned up and did it.
0: Yeah, I'm 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 old school for sure. I mean. You know, I try to stay away from bread and stuff because I get my carbs with my with my beers. But I, uh, you know, I don't know i I feel like at the end of the day, like if you're doing something, it's you know, it's going to take grit. It's going to take grit and desire to pull yourself out of whatever hole you're in. You know, and if you dug a bigger one for yourself, well, you better figure out how to get yourself out of it.
1: That's I totally agree with that totally agree with that do you think that if joel would have came to a race like mesquite things would have might have been a little different
0: possibly i i feel like i don't know if the time i mean if the if the track would have made that much much of a difference i mean maybe it would have maybe not i mean i've seen Ween and come to um to mesquite and lead for almost half the race you know popping wheelies down the down down pit row, and then just go all the way to the back. I mean, I've seen that before and and that you know, Weenan's super fast, obviously, um I don't know if it's necessarily the track, but I think it's more so the time, you know, because um like I said, weenan led for almost half the race, and then when he pitted, he was like, you know, how much more time we got, you know, talking to mechanics, like they're like, yeah, you got another hour, dude. And he's, he just fell apart, you know, and I, and I have seen, I mean, Orich is one of the best writers ever, but I seen him do the same play thing at the same place, you know, cause it just, cause it was such deep sand whoops. I don't know. It could go either way, time or, or roughness. I'm not sure. Um, you know, but like it would have, it like, I definitely th- think that it would have helped me if, if we would have ran the full length of a works race, you know, like our standard is 90 minutes and, and we, and we win an hour. So I, for sure, I feel like it would have helped me, but I don't know. You know, c- catching a guy and passing a guy is two different things. So sure, maybe I would have caught him. I, I don't know if I would have passed him. I feel like I could have, but until it's seen, you never know. And, um, hopefully when he comes back, I get a little, um, a, l- a little, more time to know that he's coming back and time, time to ride more and train because it would, it would be a hell of a good race. I mean, I can't rewind 20 years, but I can, I could sure, sure. Give it hell.
1: Well, I've been in contact with Hunter Hart, uh huh, from um, the GNCC series. He's trying yeah. to work it out to come out. He is scheduled to be in prim. And he's won a few GNCCs this year. Yeah. So I would say that uh, he's going to be no slouch as far as I can see.
0: Oh, I'm sure, dude. I'm sure. I'm hoping that I get to ride before then. Um, We'll just see how things pan out. I mean, I know I'm going to ride my dirt bike. I'm going to race it this week, this coming weekend. But yeah, I'm kind of excited, you know, like any, anybody I mean, they're going to, he's going to bring more press to our series too, whether he beats me or not. I mean, it's still, it's, it's good for our industry. So the more, the more, the merrier at this point.
1: I agree. Johnny Gallagher. I'm hoping I haven't been able to get a hold of him, but I heard he's coming. Um, and he did well the last time he was out. So I want to, I want to get with them and, and I want to do another Saturday, Saturday night press conference. Um, we've already tentatively talked to Randy about it.
0: So I think we I think we should. I think Hunter emailed me or not emailed me but hit me up on Messenger asking like tire size and stuff for the weekend. And um yeah, I just told him, you know, 21s and 20s just like just like normal. Yep, for us anyway. I told him for, And piece. I think they run that on GSCC side too, right? I mean 20s yeah. 21s and 20s, yeah. yeah.
1: I don't think that uh, he was asking about, should I widen my bike? I told him he should just run his bike the way he normally does. You're used to riding it. Just ride it that way.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, I don't know. I don't want them to feel like they're at a disadvantage though, because listen, dude, one year, um, Boric, Boric came out and we were up in Washington where the track was tight and he had a narrow front end on his quad. Um, and I mean, just like, just like what they normally run at GNCC, and I had our work set up and there were a couple sections where he could fit in between trees and I couldn't. And, you know, like, like Doug Henline was just, you know, who owned DWT was like, Oh, he just outclassed you guys that well, it well, pissed me off. It made me really mad. Cause I knew I was, I was going pretty fast back then. And so the next year I got a, a cross country set up from Doug. I got a narrow, a narrower front end. I, I narrowed up my axle And I went out there and I beat him by over a minute, you know? So I, I don't know. I mean, maybe if he hadn't has my setup, then, then it's apples to apples. It's kind of hard to tell, you know, but, but I rode that, that narrow setup so good. Like, I remember Mike telling me at the time, he's like, dude, you just want to keep this on for the next race. And I'm like, well, no, there's no reason there's no trees, you know? So I, I don't, I don't really know what is until you get a stopwatch out. You have, you have no clue, I guess.
1: Well, I don't think that it, it's going to be too much of a hindrance for somebody that rides it all the time. And if you've watched any of his videos, the guy can
0: ride. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure all those guys can ride, dude. I don't, I don't take anything away from any of them. They're all fast.
1: And, and if you get a chance to talk to him, make sure you've got a six pack.
0: Uh, I will because it's going to take
1: it's going to take that long for him to run out of steam.
0: Oh, no way. He's a talker.
1: Oh, buddy. He's a talker and he talks as fast as he rides. It's unbelievable. Oh, geez. Yeah. He is just, I really like Hunter. He is, uh, he's a lot of fun to talk to. He's energetic. He loves the sport. He loves to ride, uh, you know, and he's just a young kid that just has no fear of it. He just, he wants just wants to go ride.
0: That's cool. That's cool. Maybe one of these days we'll get uh, Bryson and McClure back out. Bryson and McClure have have been my buddies to race Ponte Vu in the past and and I, I really like Bryson a lot and I'm I'm bummed that he got injured this year, but um, I'm I'm sure he would love to come out too, and uh, it kind of bums me out that all these guys are coming and he can't jump in with them. That's what I feel, you know. I'm like, I'm, I'm bummed because he's going to be stuck at home and he's going to be watching this shit, going, "Oh man, I could have been right there," you know. Yep. And, and that's tough. That's tough to do. It is. It is.
1: And, and I don't know. I haven't heard anything about his recovery of you.
0: Um, We've been talking on the phone back and forth uh, about stuff, but yeah, he's going to be he's going to be out for a while. It still seems like, so shoot. I'm, I'm not very good at remembering my phone conversations, but, uh, we, we talked, I think we talked right after, right after this race, we talked about, uh, Hetrick coming out and stuff and it was, it was fun. It was a good time.
1: Well, that's awesome. So thank you very much for sitting down with us and going over Glenn Helen. I'm looking forward to doing it after prim as well. And, um, you know, tell Bryce, uh, tell the Bryson and some of the other guys to hit me up because I'd love to get them on the show. And, uh, we always, we always need more people in, in different terrains and different environments to come out and talk to us.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, now that these guys are coming out for, for the last round, I've been trying. So for years, like I was, I was thinking, you know, when I have a points lead, like I do, if, so say this this next you know next weekend or whatever, I end up winning it around early. I've always wanted to race a 250R at the last round. And I've been pestering Doug to race a 250R at the last round. But if all these guys are coming out, then that kind of throws that out the window because I want to race with them. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm not saying I can't compete with them on a 250R, but I figured it'd be good press to ride one. And I've always just wanted to do it
1: yeah i think you'd have a lot of fun you better get to go ride it a few times
0: before you go race it <laughs> yeah for sure
1: for when sure but when was the last time you were on a two-stroke
0: oh dude i raced a two-stroke at the dirt bike weekends at all the time oh, okay yeah i've got a couple i got a i got a 89 cr 500 in my my garage that i've wor- raced at world two-stroke nationals and i have a a 2021 250 SX in there that I race at work. So no, I, I'm, I'm I still ride two stroke quite a bit. So nice. yeah,
1: nice, nice. Well, that's awesome, Bo. I thank you for the uh, input and I appreciate you helping me out with this, uh, breakdown of Glen Helen, uh, the works race. Um, Joel Hetrick, congratulations uh, yeah. You, you beat an amazing champion in, in Bo baron And I think you guys really, really put it on.
0: Yeah, dude, it was fun just hanging out with the guy. I mean, uh, uh, it was s- such a class act, such a cool cat. I, I really, I really liked hanging out with them. And, um, you know, uh, I don't know. Eller was, Eller was awesome too. All, uh, actually all of the kids, they were great, you know, and, and, um, yeah. Anytime they want to come back, I'll give them, I'll give them as much help as I can.
1: Well, I think that they're, I hope that they do come back. Um, I think Eller was uh, impressed with his ride and the fact that he got on the podium and uh, Jacob didn't do bad. You yeah, He know, he had a little problem, but uh, I think that in the next couple of rounds, he's going to come back strong and, and I think that you should be uh, maybe looking over your shoulder.
0: Yeah, for sure. For sure. His, his dad came over and his dad was talking to me, Jacob's dad. He goes, he goes, he came off. He's like, Oh, I don't want to, I don't want to do this. This is man. dude. Look at my hands. They got blisters. I don't even want to do this. And his dad's like, don't be a pussy. You're going to ride the next one.
1: <laughs> That's too awesome.
0: That's too it, awesome. He'll build up a tolerance, dude. It just takes time.
1: Ah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Bo, again, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time, brother. You're always, you're always a great talk.
0: Thanks, dude. I appreciate it. I'll talk to you later. All right, man. All right, see ya. All right,
1: bye-bye. The team here at ATV Talk would love your feedback. Please email us at hello at atvtalkpodcast.com.
0: Screen printing experience that is dedicated to quality and customer service every time.
1: San Diego's Body Evolution and Wellness Center. With over 17 years experience. Dr. Heidi looking out after all your chiropractic needs. And Coach PJ looking out after all your fitness needs. Visit our website www.bodyevolution.org Or call for an appointment. 619-987-8875.
0: Duncan Technologies International. More than 33 years in the industry building racing programs and ATVs around the world. We build winners. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, don't forget to rate us, on all available platforms and share us with your loved ones. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook for more ATV Talk news. See you next time.